Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. We got Rich Ivanowski on here, as we always do. What's going on, Rich? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you, Brendan? I am doing good. Just another day, man, and we're diving into two more guys. Two more guys, and I think that from everything that I've read everywhere, I have not seen any other order. Uh, like These 12 are the consensus top 12. I feel like I've never seen another player, even in like the most obscure blogs or whatever I've read, I feel like this is always the top 12. I definitely see the same thing. Uh, and yeah, guys, we're talking about Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Obi Toppin, Killian Hayes, Onyeka Kongwu, Denny Evdia, Cole Anthony that we'll get to today, Halliburton, uh, Devin Vassell, Isaac Okoro, and Tyrese Maxey that we're also getting into today. Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be it. Like as far as complete consensus, the top guys. Like I, I think that you know, uh, Aaron Neesmith is getting a lot of buzz, but I really have never seen him above thirteen. Um, so Kira Lewis Jr. like is sneaking yeah. on some people's, but yeah, that that's definitely a more recent thing. This is usually the guys I see in the twelve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will say the ringer. I think uh, Kevin O'Connor threw in some dude who I really don't know much about. Uh, Tyrell, uh, yeah, Tyrell Terry from Stanford. He threw into okay. his his top, and then he he actually had Denny fall out to fourteen. Well, but okay, for the most a part, hot takes here and there. Yeah, that's a hot take for the most part. Like this is your twelve, definitely. And I mean, from the most part, what I see Anthony is is higher, mainly due to he was, I believe, the second ranked point guard coming into college. Um, and he had a really rough team around him at North Carolina. And both of these guys we're going to talk about today, Cole Anthony and Tyrese Maxey, are our guards we're talking about here, uh, one guards. And for Cole Anthony, we have six foot three guard from North Carolina with a six four wingspan and 190 pounds, really a primary playmaker creator. Yeah, who do you want to – are you drawn to either one to start? I kind of want to talk about – I could really go either way. I'm a little bit drawn towards talking about Cole Anthony. Let's do Anthony. I'm good with that one. All right. What is what is like mm. the first thing top of mind for you when you we've watched some tape this week? What's the biggest thing that jumps out to you about Cole Anthony? Um, well, I think there is some self creation definitely that you see from him and his ability to get his shot off with the sidesteps, step backs. I think he has a nice explosiveness to him in regards to a quick first step. Um, and even though his percentages were not great on the year, particularly around the rim, a lot of that was getting pointed towards poor teammates. 
Um, so I really like his offensive upside though. I think that being able to create for yourself and also there were a lot of turnovers, but he is able to run a pick and roll. I think he showed flashes of it. So I, I think there is some real upside here for him to be a primary initiator and creating for himself and, and on a lesser level for other people for an offense. Yeah, you might be a little bit higher than him than I am just off my first blush there because I definitely agree on the self-creation. Uh, and I'm glad you, you, know, you put the emphasis on creating for himself because I really was concerned with what I saw him doing for others. He kind of has a little bit of an old school type of mentality. Um, like, honestly, there's a little bit of Kobe in this guy. Hmm. Okay, Where, I said a little bit of Dion Waiters. Yeah. You said a little bit of Dion Waiters? Yeah. <laughs> Was there any Kobe in Dion Waiters? Probably, yeah. Definitely, Probably. actually. Just where, like, he – I feel like he kind of wants to take every shot. And I feel like he is a lot – you know, Kobe had the substance, but I feel like Cole Anthony is going for style over substance. A lot of his moves, like, he's going to shake you. He's going to sidestep or backstep. He's going to take a fade away. It's it's maybe not, you know, the form isn't – I don't want to get confused here and start to say, that like, the form or the execution is Kobe Bryant-like, but, like, the intent, I feel like, is Kobe-like. Yeah, and in a way, I could say that he – I think you could say he complicates things for himself a little bit. Like, there's almost this craftiness of Derek Rose, guess, finishes in the attempts – but sometimes he's just making it a little bit too difficult for himself. Um, when those do go in, obviously they look amazing. But yeah, there's times where he's doing a little bit too much with it. And in regards to the taking every shot or looking that way that he's really looking to be the primary guy taking the shots on offense, my understanding is a lot of people are sort of writing that off as the UNC team he was around is really bad. Well, I actually went back and watched some scouting videos from him coming out of high school, and it was the same oh, okay. concerns. Um, they thought that – I mean, the, I think the hope was that that would go away because he would be on a good team, a good UNC team, um, and they didn't pan out. But I don't know how to divide the blame of that exactly. I honestly don't know how good the other 12 guys on his UNC team were, but – you know, from what I just my eyeball test, and I really only watched maybe an hour of film or whatever, but like I didn't see, <clears throat> I did not see him looking to pass all that often. He did have four assists a game, but it's because he had the ball in his hand constantly. Um, he had three yeah. and a half turnovers a game as well. So when he's passing, I didn't see a lot of stuff hit the mark. A lot of his, I mean, a lot of his pocket passes, even. A lot of the more more complicated stuff, a lot of the uh, weak side, you know, passes to the corner, the like those are going a little bit up high and outside. I'm rarely seeing him hit like a catch and shoot guy, you know, right in the hands, right in the chest. Okay, yeah, I definitely see more of a of him getting to the roller, and even then, it's not amazingly like you said. I mean, he kind of just has the ball in his hands a lot, but if you were to just look at the assists and and kind of just go through that film, which obviously has its flaws in the way of doing it. I think there is a nice package of different moves with the overhead hook and he's able to hit a pocket, but you're right. Most of the time that was to the roll man. And there is a lot of turnovers mixed in there. So you kind of have to buy that 
that'll be able to get ironed out and he'll smoothen that out. Um, but I, I think I'm a little higher on U.S.'s potential as a playmaker, but it's definitely primarily as creating for himself. And you mentioned the shot. What what do you make of his shot? Because off the catch and shoot, um, Synergy has him in the 86th percentile, 60.3 adjusted field goal percentage. Off dribble, he was not bad as well, 44 adjusted field goal percentage. What did you make of the shot? Yeah, I think it's a big boy shot. I do. Um, I, he's often like well behind the line. Uh, I think he's got you know big boy range. I, I I appreciate it. It's not the tightest form. I think it's a little bit sloppy. He hits stuff off movement a lot. Again, I think it's a little bit of style over substance at times. A little bit of flash. Um, if he focused on getting his fundamentals down, I definitely I definitely can buy it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that being able to get it off over defenders and creating that space with, like I said, there was a lot of those sidesteps or kind of sidesteps slash step backs that you got from him. Um, yeah. But there is a lot of concern with his around the basket. Again, back to Synergy, 12th percentile, 39%. Um, but I, again, I mean, there is something to be said of the UNC team not being great and uh, opposing defenses really being able to focus in on him and making a wall at the basket and meeting him there. So that's what I've seen it getting written off as a little bit. Um, but again, I think it part of, partially definitely needs to go to his selection concerns. Oh, that's interesting. I really was like not pleased with the passing. Like I, I really was concerned about it. Like I th- like, so he's obviously a point guard, right? And there's like no discussion about that. Mm-hmm. Right. So comparing him to any of the other point guards we've talked about thus far, Killian Hayes, LaMelo Ball. Yeah. Um, and then like we could even talk about Halliburton maybe being a, a primary creator, a Coro, right? Like even I, I think all those guys are really significantly better passers. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say so as well. But then I think that also aside from Hayes that, and it's debatable with some of the others that Anthony can create his own shot better than a lot of those guys too. Definitely. I just, I, the point that I am making here is, is that the passing concerns me. Yeah. And that the, the larger point I want to get to is that I don't really buy the theory of Cole Anthony. Um, He is a scoring point guard and I don't, I don't know that that like is really a thing anymore. Like a pure scoring point guard who is not going to give is probably like almost certainly going to be a below average passer and defender. Hmm. Okay. I think he could be in, I think he could get to an okay level of both of those. I don't think that he's outstanding in either way, but in regards to the passing, you're right. I don't think that, he's going to be great at that or anything, but I think that he could be above average there. Um, yeah, I, just from those flashes I saw, I think there was a decent understanding that can be unlocked there if he irons out some of the turnovers. And for the defense, I think that he he doesn't have much of effort issues. There is times where he might fall asleep in regards to being engaged, but I wouldn't call it effort because he definitely is looking to how can I say this? He's, he's giving all the energy he can out there. Sometimes he's just falling asleep a little bit on defense is the issue. But on the ball, I, I thought that he was, he was decent there. I, I wouldn't like necessarily say instantly that he's a negative defender. I, I get, the size doesn't help, but I think that he could be a passable defender. 
Um, I mean, like, so the ceiling for him is that he's okay. Uh, he's an okay defender, an okay passer, yeah. and, a, and a phenomenal scorer. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't buy into that as, like, a, a player type that works for me in the modern NBA. Like, so of all the comps that I saw of Cole Anthony out there, the one that I liked the most was Jamal Murray. Like I, I think okay. that he would work great with like a, a really phenomenal passing big man like Jokic, who where like at times you can just take the ball out of Cole Anthony's hands, but he's like he's there to score as a second option. Like he's a point guard that isn't your constant first option. I like that. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. If you know you were talking like say Minnesota before they had gotten D'Lo sort of thing. Yeah, no, that would have been great. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from there. And I think that because of his self-creation upside that there's going to be a team that buys into it pretty high. Um, But yeah, I I mean, I definitely see where you're coming from there, that he's probably about average of both. And yeah, I mean, a guy that I somewhat think of is a Terry Rozier, where he's a passable defender and I, I, while Terry is a guy that isn't a good passer, but he also just doesn't turn it over. It's a little different, but you know, it's a primarily scoring one guard. And again, and Cole Anthony, part of the defense is that he's only guarding point guards. Yeah. And that is an issue. Like, I mean, is he ever going to be a better defender than Steph Curry? Um, no, no. So yeah, I mean, and not trying to like take a shot at Steph Curry's defense, but like, I think that's the whole theory of this dude is like, He's got to be – all of his value has got to come from being a really strong offensive player. And, like, honestly, I have questions about that too. Like, he is so – he's so obviously been the focus of every team he's played on from probably, like, you know, elementary school on up. He's always had the ball in his hands. I don't know if it's going to work. Like, and I understand the focus was on him, but he made the focus on him. And to shoot 38% from the field, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, this guy's automatic offense. Like, this guy's automatically going to be successful. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. I mean, I think that there might be a team that does try to give him that responsibility. Like, if Detroit, say, is just looking for a guy with a a decent upside, I, I think that um, they could look towards him. We mentioned, I think, before we press record that, like, Vecini has him going to New York in the mock and that makes a lot of sense just because they could use some creation but yeah no I'm pretty much on board with where you are here with him yeah definitely can understand why a team that like just has nothing at the guard spot would want him um New York Detroit are great examples of that yeah I just I could see it I could see him like essentially busting out um yeah, maybe not entirely out of the league or whatever, but I could see him just being, you know, a bench scoring one that is just not going to help you on defense. I think that's a yeah. that's a floor for him. Yeah, I think so. I think that both of these guys we're going to talk about today, I think realistically could end up as backup point guards in the league with the tier that we're kind of at here. Yeah, I. You know, to get a little bit ahead of myself, I solidly, like really solidly have these guys as 11 and 12 of the guys that we did. Okay. Neither of them is, is touching my, the, the first 10 guys we did, those are my first 10. And I think it's a, it's like a tear break right there for me. Okay. Yeah. I, 
Yeah, I struggled a little bit between like Halliburton and Anthony um, because I tend to think that, I I don't know, because I kind of wanted to say that Anthony had the higher ceiling because I think that Halliburton, I just don't see him as being a primary creator, but I guess like hypothetical ceiling with the additional length that Halliburton has, I see it there. Um, But yeah, pretty much I had him. I had him at 10, but I definitely could be talked to him at 11 there and then Maxi sitting at 12. So with the creation, is that like self-creation as well? Or you like, cause I, I feel like as it's, far as facilitating for others, Halliburton is mm-hmm. way better. Yeah, that's fair. I'm mainly talking uh, creating for, for yourself, which I just think has a lot of value placed on it by teams that don't already have that. So I think guys are willing to take a chance at that because you know, if Anthony, if Cole Anthony can become an efficient self-creator, then I mean, there is just a lot of value in having that from your guard position. And if, if a team buys that he can be a passable playmaker as well, I think that there's a decent ceiling for him. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I, I think we're pretty, I think we're as far off on this guy as we've been on anybody. And it's just for me, like, I don't think that self-creation matters if it's a, the only thing you can do and B, you can't do it efficiently. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I think that, yeah, it's going to really depend on if that finishing at the rim is, is really what it is for him or is that going to be better when he has a little more spacing at the next level. And he could totally be the starting point guard for a terrible team for a long time. Like, oh, yeah. I, like he could be Detroit's point guard and they just not – even sniff the playoffs for four years. Yeah. I like slightly thought of Colin Sexton for a second, but Sexton's probably a better shooter and would want the ball in his hands. Cole Anthony would want the ball in his hands a little bit more. Yeah, that's not bad. But yeah, I'm not too high on him. And then obviously for Sacramento, another guy that needs the ball in his hands that there's just no way I would draft him onto the team. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's essentially like, do not draft for me for the Kings. Definitely. Like the Kings, even as like a backup point guard, it doesn't make sense. No, no, no definitely doesn't. Because also like, uh, of course, like everybody knows we got buddy bogey sitting on the bench there as well. Giles ball in his hands Bagley If he's there, definitely don't need another extremely high usage guy coming to Sacramento. And that makes the other guy fit better than Anthony. Uh, the other guy being Tyrese Maxey of Kentucky, Six foot three with a six foot six wingspan, 198 pounds was the weight I found on ESPN. Um, and what were your impressions of Tyreek's Maxi from start from watching him? Where do you want to start with this? There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24/7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling After the Dance. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Uh, first, I'll say I strongly agree that he would be a much better fit with the Kings than Cole Anthony. Um, it's still tough, right? The, like honestly, the first thing that jumps off to me, uh, off the tape to me, is that this guy is short. 
Um, like he might be a legit like six foot, maybe six foot one. Um, I, yeah. Uh, but I, I keep hearing the six, seven wingspan, which I also think is not correct. I think this yeah. is a small dude. That's interesting. I definitely thought that Cole Anthony looked smaller than his six, three as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, that's interesting. I, I don't know how much I feel, how I feel about that height. I didn't pay all too much attention to check if I felt like that six, three was accurate, but both of these guys are small players. Um, and Maxi comparatively to Anthony is, has his focus on the other side of the ball. Uh, really? I mean, you'll get some offense from Maxi, but I think that maybe we could start with the defense that you're getting from him here, which is again, I, I mean, it's primarily defending ones, but a point of attack guy with a lot more versatility than, than Anthony with a really high IQ on the defensive end. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised that you aren't going a little bit crazy right now for Tyrese Maxey because this is your type of guy. It is. It really is. Um, yeah, we've talked about before that a Marcus Smart comp is getting thrown around. I wrote, like you said, uh, Jamal, Hurry, Jamal Murray, I'll go with his backcourt partner for Maxey. I said a little bit of Gary Harris maybe. Um, okay. yeah. A Drew Holiday with less creation in a way. Uh, an Austin Rivers perhaps? Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> And Austin Rivers that isn't going to uh, hog the ball at times. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yes, an extreme energy guy like that, that you expect to make some winning plays. And to the point where it's like, okay, Maxi is small, but with the energy and efforts he's giving you, like there's moments where I'm like, you know, maybe if he switched onto it, he, get, he gets away with some minutes guarding threes. I Far from ideal, but he is going to fight and make nothing easy on anyone. Yeah, that's kind of what I love about this guy. Like, I definitely am getting all the things that you like about these types of players. I feel like Maxi exemplifies that. And, like, I almost would be okay with him. Like, in a way, <laughs> I'd be okay with him getting switched on to anybody in a weird sense. Like, if for a second, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I'd almost trust him to, like, oh, if, like, you know, if everything breaks bad, and he somehow gets switched onto a seven footer, like at the basket. Maxi is just going to dog this guy and just snap the ball out of his hands. Right. He's just going to go for it at least. Right. Yeah. I mean, the energy is absolutely ridiculous from him, and it's contagious. You see it with, with Giles even, and, and guys like that, Holmes, and uh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing I wouldn't enjoy about having this guy on the team and watching him every night. Like it would be a so much more fun and enjoyable Corey Joseph, uh, in my opinion, in regards to the sign of the role we'd be talking if it was Sacramento. Yeah. Um, but, but getting to him more so individually as a player and that defense, I think that he's less of a playmaker on the defensive end with these steals and blocks, but he's very fundamental. Not to say that he won't make plays, um, but it's a lot of just sliding his feet really well, not letting a guy get in front of, uh, get past him. And, also, interestingly, just being in the right position help side and some good verticality to him on defense. Um, yeah. yeah. He's almost so competitive that he won't go for the steal because, like, he's, he's got to dog you. Like, he's, he just wants to dog you. Yeah. So, like, he'll knock the ball right. away and, like, let you get it back just so he can <laughs> right. dog you. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a dude picking up full core. I will say there's, like, a bit of moments where he's overhelping. Um, but it's just going to happen with being such an intense defender like this. Yeah, he's super aggressive. And honestly, so yeah, I like the defense, but like honestly, the aggressiveness it carries over into offense as well. Like he is such a downhill attacking player. 
I feel like he just always is trying to get to the bucket. Not that he can't shoot and he can, um, but like he's always looking to like get in the chest of a seven footer, uh, get through this one's body, get to the free throw line. And it's, this is like, if there's, you know, we can talk about fit for the Kings as far as position, uh, throw that away for a second. Like as far as mentality, this is something the Kings need more of. It definitely is. I, I could not agree more. And somebody like you're saying, that's leaving it all out there every second. I think it's part of the reason that Holmes was such a revelation and there's such a difference when he was on the floor compared to off for Sacramento this year. Yeah. I mean, they definitely could use these high energy guys and in regards to his offense, like you're saying, I think that he's a scorer, but not a playmaker. Um, you're mainly talking that there is some movement off the ball, but if he were to be running a pick and roll for the most part, he's kind of trying to get downhill and get to a, he has a, a nice floater and then also a nice lob to complement it where it's a little hard to tell which way he's going. Um, and the shooting off the dribble has some promise to it. Synergy has him in the 53rd percentile. And, but the catch and shoot has some issues. Um, it it kind of depends how you're feeling about his shot here. Do you, are you optimistic on Maxi's shot? I am a little bit because everything that I've seen and read, and I only have a couple of grainy pieces of footage from high school to show me this, but you know, everything that I've, I've read is that he was a very strong shooter in high school. Um, so this being one year at Kentucky where he didn't take that many shots, I feel like it could be an aberration. It could be an outlier, like the, the sub 30% shooting because the form looks decent. Um, I don't want to like rely on him as a catch and shoot guy. And that's not even really what he does. He's kind of like, uh, he's a little bit, a little bit of like a Coro in his game in that way where like, I'd rather him just be like a wrecking ball than sit out on the perimeter, though. Yeah, he's an aggressive rebounder also, kind of similarly to Okoro. And, yeah, I mean, it's these high IQ, high energy guys that are just going to put themselves in the right spots, and you're going to get all the intangibles. Um, Yeah, how did you feel about his playmaking? I, I know you said you wouldn't want him as a primary, but how did you feel about him initiating an offense? Um. I mean, we're talking bench. Um, we're talking yeah. like him initiating something off the bench. Uh, definitely, like, definitely he's not going to be running your offense as, like, your starting option. He's definitely not even going to be your secondary initiator as a starter. Um, but I could get him in the mix, you know? Like, and especially it's like that kind of, like, spark-type energy guy. Um yeah, like come in and change the vibe, come in and change the tempo, right. come in and change like the feel of the game. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that, that that's the type of guy that you're talking here. And um, what other points of his game do you want to point out? Um, you know, I this is something that like I rarely like to speak on because I have no personal experience or understanding of this, but I also read just glowing stuff about who he is as a person Yeah, that like everyone loves this guy that he, and it probably, I guess you do kind of see it on the court to some degree as well, but like, you know, it's, it, it would be hard not to love this guy if he was on your team. Um, just like a leader, you know, the vocal guy, stand up kid, like super hard worker is on every, you know, everyone's list on what they like about Tyrese Max. He's, this guy is, you know, gym rat. 
super hard worker, gets up early every morning, you know, goes to bed late. Like he's, he's working on his craft. So I think there is a lot to love about this dude. Yeah. I mean, I've, from what I've seen, it's the same thing there. And like you said, there's only so much stock to put into it, not having any personal connections, obviously, or anything like that. Um, but yeah, there is, I, I agree with you a lot to like about him. I think that he does kind of feel like a point where I feel confident in saying he's a backup when I feel like the other guys, there's more of a chance that they find themselves as a starting point guard. Um, not to say that I don't think Maxi could do that at some point in his career, but I think ideal role, again, we're talking a, a backup point guard here, maybe as like a super six man that's closing some games. Um, but yeah, it feels like a backup one or at least a, alongside like a primary creator two, like a Devin Booker sort of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. I think you make a really good point. I don't, I don't think that this guy really has starter upside. And hmm, I guess Cole Anthony does. But I wonder, it's kind of a thing where I feel like Maxi could be a bench guy for a really, really good team, where Anthony's more likely to be a starter for a really, really bad team. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. So I don't know, like, what's more valuable? I, I mean, where did you come down? Originally, and, and I think you've actually got me questioning it, but originally I came down that I, I thought that Maxi was the better prospect. I, hmm, I mean, I'd prefer any team that I'm watching on a regular basis to take Maxi. But when I did my big board, I mean, it's like I'm strongly considering upside. Um, and yeah, I just think that Anthony has a decent bit more, even if like you're saying, it's probably not on a great team that he's starting as. Um, so I, I did have Anthony higher here, although I, I mean, I, just kind of think that people are going to buy into the upside. And like I said, I'd prefer Tyrese over him for most cases. Yeah. Um, and then for the Kings, obviously we agree. Definitely. It's got to be Maxi. Like there's no question yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. And even then, like, yeah, we'll get to some of these other guys that I think that, you know, it's also worth saying again, uh, that eighth in the mock and eighth in the big board for Cole Anthony for Vicini. And then Maxi is, it's seemingly more likely to be there with 14th on Bassini's mock and 13th on his big board came out with a piece saying that his range is really all over the place. And he's seen him anywhere from, you know, barely being inside top 10 to 20 or so. Um, so Maxi seems like more of a real possibility. And I think that we'll get to some of these others like a uh, Sadiq Bay and Neesmith, but I'd probably lean towards those just for an easier positional fit into Sacramento. Yeah, it's a really good argument. Um, we're going to do Neesmith and Bay next week. That works for me. Yeah, that's going to be really tough for me to figure out because I I don't know. I, I, I'm going to struggle with that because I really like Maxi. Like I, I, there's a point where getting back to that mentality fit of a positional fit where I just feel like the Kings could use yeah. a dog. Like, And that's absolutely what Maxi is. He's going to come in. He's like – He's almost got like some Patrick Beverly in him in a Definitely. weird way. Well, you saw it like with Bazemore, right? Like Bazemore came in and yeah. brought some energy and what that did for the team. Yeah, honestly, yeah. And like Bazemore is another guy who's like, if you look at his size, you're not going to be excited about this guy's prospect. If you get focused on, if you if you get focused on Bazemore's size, you're not going to be excited about who he is as a player. But then he just plays right. bigger, way bigger. Yeah, definitely. You see that from him for sure. Like I said, Maxie's a guy I definitely would be 
I would enjoy watching on a nightly basis. I'm not huge about the fit in Sacramento, but it's better than Cole Anthony's for sure. And uh, like you said, I mean, these guys are sitting 11-12 on both big boards and your king boards. Um, so I'll give you my new big board, and then maybe you can help me. And it, Do you have a king's board laid out? I do. I really struggled to where, where to put these guys, so you can help mm-hmm. me with that. And I kind of – my king's board is all messed up now because I rearranged my big board and didn't <laughs> figure out how to make those changes to my king's board yet. But yeah. Um, I have some movement in my big board in general and I kind of sliced it up into tiers. I don't know. This might be really boring to listen to, but tell me if these changes strike you in any way. And I'll say that I've been like Edwards number one all, all along. And now I've changed that up a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Guys looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds. Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, and even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. BlueChew's online physician is free of cost. And once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BLUEWIRE to get your first order free. I've got a, a two a two man tier with Killian Hayes and Anthony Edwards. Wow, you moved Hayes up. You had ball above Hayes last time. Yeah, I did. I mean, they were in this, they were firmly in the same tier last time. But something about Lamelo Ball like makes me terrified. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had Hayes and Edwards as tier one, and then I have Ball and Wiseman as tier two, which is like I kind of like I, I can, yeah I can explain these tiers like. Hayes and Edwards, I'm not worried about their floor or their ceiling. Uh, where Ball and Wiseman, like, I'm super excited about their ceiling and I'm, like, just terrified of their floor. Yeah, I worry about Anthony's floor, I think, maybe more than you. But I think he clearly – I guess not clearly has the highest ceiling because you look at Wiseman, but Edwards' ceiling is uh, – it's it's up there for this draft. It's definitely up there for this draft. I, I mean, like, yeah, and again, like, with the ceiling, like, I'm, I'm not even – that confident about it but like for this draft i i don't yeah. know like i'm not super confident on hayes's floor honestly yeah but again for That's this right. draft it's, it's it is what it is right um, and then i have a tier of three guys who like not excited about their ceilings but super feel great about their floors and that's a congo vassal and Toppin. okay okay um yeah i'd probably Hmm. I'd probably throw a Coro in this tier. I, I I know I'm higher than on a Coro than you are, um, but I just similarly to Maxi in the way that I just feel like he's going to be able to have an impact on the offensive end, even if the shot um, doesn't come around amazingly for him. And obviously on the defensive end, I think that he's going to be a monster. Interesting. Um, I, I can understand it. I have a Coro in my next tier, and this like goes back to that like high ceiling but i'm concerned about the floor but I'm, like it's, the ceiling is lower than previously so 
this is where I have Denny, Okoro, and Halliburton. Where like I'm just genuinely concerned that that Avija, uh, Okoro, if either of them doesn't get a shot, I'm like worried about it. Honestly, yeah. worried about them. And if Halliburton like never gains any weight, <laughs> I'm really worried about what he's going to be like. Mm-hmm. So, but I am excited about their their ceilings. Yeah, I think that's fair. That that's uh, we definitely are sitting at the same sort of tiers here, aside from that Okoro one. And I think a lot of people would argue that they'd have Denny higher because I think you know I, there is a hypothetical ceiling there. We mentioned him being really the sole six eight guy that we're talking about in this uh, in this top twelve. Uh, that you see around. So I think some would argue his ceiling there, but same as you, I do really worry about the floor there. And a lot of it's relying on the shot and compared to Okoro that I know you're going to have a good defensive impact from Denny. I, I mean, it'll be a plus, but it's not on the same level of Okoro. Yeah. I need to watch more Denny Avija tape because I just don't get it. Like I don't really get it. I mean, it's hard I, I, that such a role player. In I see, Euroleague. Yeah. I see. I get him here in like the late, you know, the second half of the lottery in a bad NBA draft, I can see that. But, like, yeah. I just don't really understand. Like, it, I feel like a lot of narratives are being applied on him. Like, he's the only real 6'8", like, versatile forward. And he's, like, there's this, like, Luca residue on the league where it's like, oh, 6'8", <laughs> European guy, he must be good. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And then that – so that would leave your last eleven, twelve as Anthony and Maxi. Yeah, and they're in a tier with mm-hmm. each other there. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I get close to putting Cole Anthony in that tier with um, with Halliburton. I think that they are comparable between the two just because, again, like I think that there's potential in Anthony being a primary creator, and I don't quite see that for Halliburton. I see it as more of a secondary guy. Um, but, yeah, no, those two are pretty close for me, and then Maxi sitting there as well. Um, and then you want to kind of go through it in regards to the Kings as well. Yeah, um, help me out here. Do you? Why don't you start? Okay, this so one off? I think it's similar to what we had before. I have Anthony Edwards one, Onyeka Okongwu two, and Devin Vassell three. And yeah. then is that what you have? That's what I have right now. I, I haven't gone and, and made any adjustments to this, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's what that's where I'm at. And then four, I put Isaac Okoro here. Yes, uh, I have uh, that as well. Okay, and then six, I have James Wiseman just because the ceiling. Wait, who's five? Um, I'm sorry, I'm at five for Wiseman. Okay. Um, just for that ceiling. And then I have six, right, is where I'm at here. I do have uh, Denny Avija. Av- okay. I'm going to struggle with that name. Um, just because I think there is a good fit and there is a hypothetical ceiling there as well, even if the Florida scare me, um, he really fits well if the shot were to possibly work out as a somewhat low usage guy that can make a play if it gets swung to him and and just be a smart, you know, a six eight bogey almost in a way. Sure, if, yeah, if no, it were to work out for him, I don't think you have to pitch the fit on a VJ at all. Like the fit yeah. is is really good. It's like it's more is he going to be a good player? Right. I think. Yeah. And then the last guy that fits pretty seamlessly as a potential starter to me is probably Obi Toppin, even though the defense is terrifying. Um, so he'd be sitting there at number seven. And then, yeah, you get to this mix of guards. I think the the best fit is probably Halliburton, just because he functions off ball and is 
one of the more low usage guys out of everyone here. Uh, so I'd have Halliburton sitting there at eight, Maxi at nine, because I think there is a fit there. Um, and then in regards to this 10, 11, 12, it's just guys that I don't really think you can pick for the Kings. And it's Killian Hayes, LaMelo Ball, Cole Anthony. Yeah, I like that a lot. I I like Maxi there at, at nine. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I, Toppin is the only one with fit, like, question marks. I think the, the top six are clear. Uh, Edwards, Okongwu, Vassal, Okoro, Avija. Wiseman. Uh, Wiseman. And, yeah, that's it, um, for sure. I But Toppin is, like, is the redundancy with Marvin Bagley so bad that, like, at pick 12, say, for whatever reason, Toppin slid? I mean, that's possible. Yeah, uh, he's older. Would Maxi? Would you go Maxi or or Toppin there? Ooh, probably Toppin, just because. Oh man, like I, I think there is an offensive fit alongside Bagley. Even though you want the ball in Toppin's hands a little more, obviously, than I think what you'd be able to do. Yeah, I, I think that you know he hypothetically can space the floor. We've we saw that fairly well at Dayton this year, and. Yeah, I mean, I think offensively, Obi Toppin probably right now is the best player in this draft. Yeah, um, I, I think you're right. Like, if Toppin can really shoot it, that the fit gets a lot better. Yeah, almost like, I, I mean, like a John Collins in a way, in what you're asking him to do on offense. So, I don't know, but but yeah. the defense is terrifying. Like, I would hate watching that that front court. Yeah, I, I, you would just put Bagley at the five and kind of like deal with it, I guess. Yeah, and just let the opposing team either <laughs> attack Bagley or, um, or Toppin. Just zero rim protection. Okay, let me ask you why a Coro over a Vija, a Dia. Um, hmm, I think that I like the the build of a Coro in regards to the strength that you get from him. And while Denny is taller and, and isn't weak himself, I, I just think that the feel that you get from a Coro, and maybe this is just because it's, I feel like he's also one of those guys like a Tyrese Maxey that fits in that soft spot of guys that I really like, but he's just a guy that's going to be in the right spot. He's going to, um, just give his a hundred percent every second that he's out there. So I think that I trust him to find ways to have an impact more than Denny. Um, if their shots don't work out, I, I just have a Coro as the higher, higher floor guy. Yeah, I guess that, I mean, that's a really good way of describing it. I really like the, I mean, yeah, he's a dog, like just like Maxi, like he's, he's a guy who's going to, yeah, he's going to be great to watch any like that mentality fit that the Kings, they do feel a little bit soft at times and a Coral right. Maxi would really seal that up. Yeah. I mean, would you, do you feel all right if say sitting at 12 that Maxi was the selection for the Kings? If say he was coming in as a backup one? Yes. I would feel fine with that. Yeah. Um, I, I think that like in general, uh, if the Kings take any of the consensus top 12 players in the top 12, thrilled. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. No Poku. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and again, like they might be picking 13th, like it's a coin flip thing. So 
But yeah, I think any of these guys will actually be thrilled. I, I think that, you know, if you end up with Cole Anthony, it's like, okay, well, you probably have to trade the right. rights or something. But yeah, like make one of those picks. That's totally fine with me. Yeah, that's uh, definitely where I'm at there. And I think that these next guys we get to are going to be interesting because Sadiq Bey and, and Neesmith seem to be good fits um, prior to diving into them all too much and real options for sitting there at, like we're talking 12, 13. So. Absolutely. I'm excited right, to do these guys, definitely. Yeah, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. Thank you to everybody for listening, and you hear from us again in the next couple of days.